Good morning, good morning, good morning, Father God. Good morning. My name is Margaret uh, Brooks. Um, I have a testimony this morning to declare to the Lord how my body was healed on um, Saturday. I stood at my bed on the floor and I stayed up for five hours. I wouldn't even get myself off the floor. My brothers came and helped me up. I couldn't walk. I had you two walking canes to get around. And I was like hovering like an old lady. I mean, I couldn't hardly move my body. But praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm walking like a champ today. Thank you, Jesus. I knew it was going that you did it. On the line yesterday when I was on the line, I heard um, my brother, Pastor Davis, was praying for healing. And I was I snatched that right the realm of the spirit. I claim that healing and I feel so good in my body and my spirit this morning. I thank God for it. Only God did it. I know God did and I thank him. And that's my testimony. I'm, I'm walking great now. I mean, I'm walking like a, a 65-year-old wants to walk, not a 95-year-old lady to walk. I'm, I'm walking up right before the Lord this morning. And I thank y'all. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God be the glory. God be the glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Well, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a testimony. God is a healer. Amen. Yes. We believe that he's a healer. He will heal us. And so what it comes down to is our faith, the prayer of faith. Amen. We yes. heal no one. But yes. Jesus is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Come on. He is capable of making every bit experience sweet. So we thank you this morning that, you know, your faith has been growing and leaps and bounds since you've been on the line. That you didn't have faith, but faith has to be exercised. It has to be fed. You know, it has to stay active and living. Yes, and the yes. word with it, what causes it to do that. Because the Bible says God takes us from faith to faith. That's in the book of Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Amen. So we thank God for that testimony this morning. Keep them coming. Stay connected. Are there greater things in, yes, in store God. for you? And as you embark on this journey, it is faith walk. We live by it. We walk by it. That's the only way we can please God according to the scriptures in the book of Hebrews 11, chapter 8. Amen. God's promises in those situations and we thank God 
this morning for our overcomers who understand they've overcome by the blood of the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And they have a word of testimony, amen, of what God has done in their lives as a result of being a part of this prayer culture. And we thank God that we're not so in love with this life, amen, that we lose focus of the life that God promised, eternal life, where we'll spend eternity with Him. And so we're working so that we can live again. We thank God that we're in this world, we're not of this world. And we have uh, access to the wisdom of God, God's divine wisdom, amen, God's infinite wisdom, amen, which instructs us on how to pass this test called life and how to get through this life, engage these different uh, these different uh, conflicts, these different situations and circumstances. That is beyond our control, but we give God all the praise, we give him all the glory, we give him all the honor for his precious promises that he's given to us that's laced with so many benefits, and we don't want to forget any of them. Even right now, we thank God for new mercy this morning. Every morning, new mercy. We thank God we're reminded for grace and truth that meeting together every morning and deciding, you know, how our day is going to go. Amen. So we give God praise. We give God glory. We give God honor. Even though when we take a break or we shut down, heaven is still open for business. Amen. Because we have a high priest in the death. His name is Jesus. He's our advocate. And he's still interceding for us according to the will of God, and so I'm excited about that, amen, to give God praise for that, amen, and so we just thank him this morning, we just praise him this morning, so let's go ahead and check in this morning with our prayer, our signature prayer this morning, the prayer uh, that the disciples that Jesus, you know, to teach them how to pray as they should, and Jesus told them how to pray in this manner, it was a very wise prayer that he gave them that covered everything, amen, and it was for them Amen. It wasn't for him because he saw the level of their need. And a lot of times people say, this is the Lord's prayer, but he didn't pray this prayer, but he taught them how to pray this prayer in this manner. So it was their prayer. Now his prayer is over in the book of John chapter 17. First, you know, we always say verse 17, but the whole chapter is Jesus praying for different uh, situations that were going to occur in their lives as he admitted to depart. So let's pray the way he taught the disciples to pray in this manner. Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Holy Ghost, we ask you now to just come in and have your way. We ask you now, Holy Ghost, to just speak through us. Use our voice, use us, use our mind, use our studies, what we've studied and prepared, to cut it straight for the people this morning that the Word of God will deliver, Lord God, according to your purpose for sending it, Lord God, and never return to you for it until it do what you please. We thank you for it now, Lord. We found it, we did eat it, and it's become joy and rejoicing to our hearts and our minds. We thank you for your Word. We give you praise for it. We give you glory for it. Now let it fall on good ground. Give us ears to hear but God says, Lord, we thank you this morning for transformed lives. We thank you for the renewed minds. We thank you this morning for victory coming, Lord, as a result of hearing the word. We thank you that faith is being stirred up, nourished, and exercised this morning because of your word. And we thank you and we praise you for another level of faith as a result of this word going out, falling on good ground, never returning for it. First, uh, first a seed and then a blade and then a full ear in the blade. We respect the process of your word. And we give you all the praise and glory and honor. Help us to cut it straight this morning. Not that you would take from it. But, oh, God, we just thank you for being able to publish your word this morning. We love your word. We love your perfect law of liberty. We will continue to look therein. Lord God, that we may have success.
success and good success. Thank you for sending your word to revive us and give us life. We thank you that at the instant of that word to give it life. Now let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart, Father, be accepted in your sight, O oh Lord, our firm and penitential rock in our redeemer. We pray for all listeners out there this morning on our podcast, on our cast box, our pod beam, God, wherever we have ears to hear. We thank you this morning that they will hear the word of the Lord and their lives, O oh Lord God, will be changed forever. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor this morning in Jesus' wonderful name. We offer this prayer. Amen and amen. I want to go back over into the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and just uh, preface my message this morning with just a few uh, words of scripture out of these pages and I got some other scriptures I want to cover this morning amen and amen so last week when we prayed I think it was Monday morning we began a discussion talking about you know how the natural man goes to become spiritual man or mature to become spiritual man and we know that God gives us divine wisdom and that divine wisdom is so that natural man has a, a, a opportunity to become spiritual man. It doesn't happen automatic. It doesn't happen just because you got saved. There has to be some conversion that takes place, and that's what the Word of God does. It converts you from thinking like a natural man to becoming a, a, a spiritual thinker. You think about the, as a spiritual man, Amen, and you understand that you know as you as you transition from being a natural man and you become baptized in the spirit realm. Amen. He comes and lives on the inside of you, and he helps you to be able to remember what God said. Think about what God says, and that way your mind is being renewed to the things of God and being transformed by the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit is there to quicken our minds and to quicken our moral bodies and spirits sometimes. And, and, and we need, you know, the Holy Spirit to help us to make that transition. Amen. But as the Word of God is being taught, we learn about the Holy Spirit. We learn about God, the Holy Spirit. We learn about his function. We learn about what he does. And as we're going through that process, we're actually being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Amen. That's the divine wisdom of God working in our lives right there. And we want to become, uh, you know, spirit man because we are a spirit living inside of a body. And we cannot neglect our spirit. Amen. He feeds on the wisdom of God, especially when it comes directly from God, amen, pours into us as we continue to study his word to show ourselves approved under him as workmen who need not be ashamed that we can rightly divide the word of truth as we heard this morning referenced in the book of Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, the King James Bible. All of my scripture references will be coming out of the King James Bible. I don't like sending you on a goose chase to try to get you, go by all these Bibles that follow me, so I'm cutting it straight from the King James Bible. Amen. So let's go read here a few verses uh, out of this particular chapter uh, where we were at last time. I think we covered all the way down to verse, uh, I want to say verse uh, 9. And uh, I want to begin reading today at verse 19 down to verse 23, and then uh, we'll go from there. And uh, these verses of Scripture read in verse 19 of the first book of Corinthians, the third chapter. It says, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. God don't need the wisdom of the world to do anything, to save anybody, to help anybody, to bless anybody. Uh, his wisdom is so infinite, it's so higher, much more higher than any of the wisdom of the foolishness of this world that, you know, that, that uh, people right now thrive on knowing how the worldly system works. Amen. And uh, they, they box themselves in, but God said it's, it's foolishness with God. For it is written, 
he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And this is what ends up happening when you begin to substitute or you begin to hunger for it. You begin to pay more attention and learn more about the worldly wisdom and leave God's wisdom on the shelf, man. Uh, you know, look at what God says. You're left to your own craftiness. You're left to your own devices. You're left to your own entrapment. You know, when you find out, when you get that first real spiritual test or storm, you don't know what to do because you realize right away that unless God divinely intervenes, that we're stuck. We're in the pit, man, you know, and we can be consumed. And God help all those people, man, who follow people into that ditch, uh, you know, chasing after that worldly wisdom. Amen. And so he says right there, foolishness to God, you know, it is uh, uh, a cause for God to catch men in their own devices. Amen. Notice what I said. God catches them in their own devices only to teach them, not to destroy them. Sin is what destroys them. But God want to catch them and hopes that when they realize that that, that, that that wisdom failed them, they'll turn back to God just like we've seen him throughout Israel history always doing things, leaving them to their own craftiness, their own devices, in hopes that they would turn back to him voluntarily when they hit that brick wall and see that man cannot live by bread alone, can't live by uh, man's wisdom, worldly wisdom, the systems of the world. Can't live by bread alone, but you got to live by the word of God. And so we see that right there. It's empty, you know. It's very empty. Uh, you know, and it leaves you to have to account to God because if God is our sovereign God, he's creator, don't you think he want to have a lot to do with his creation, survival, and, 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 and you know, and, and taking care of them? But we have to learn to depend on him and not on our own understanding and our own wisdom. Verse 20, he says, and again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. When you think you're wise in your own understanding, look at what he's saying. He knows those thoughts. You can't get nothing by God. You might get your integrity by me or, or, or somebody else, your supervisor, you know, may even get it by the law or whoever. may even get it by your children, your parents, uh, your, your, your siblings. You, you, may, you may be able to get, the, get, get your, your, your little wisdom by people, but you can't get it by God because he's all-knowing. Amen. He already knows our thoughts before. You can't fool God. You can't trick him. You can't manipulate him. You can't exploit him. He's too wise for that. He's the only wise God, our Savior. And then he goes on to say here, you know, in verse 21, Therefore let no man glory in men. My God. Men meaning more than one. There's a lot of smart people out there. Some people sometimes you talk to them and they spend 30 minutes talking about their pastor, their apostle, their bishop, or their friend, or this or that, their lawyer, or their, you know, their congressman, their senator. You want to talk about all these men, all these people, you know. Do you know so-and-so? Let me tell you what they told me, you know, I have much respect for that person. But very seldom do you hear him mention anything about God. Amen. You know, and so God is, is, is pointing this out to them right there. He's saying, you know, glory in men, but all things are yours. Amen. What he's telling you is this. You need to renounce boasting in men and boasting in God. What he's telling you, it's your choice. Just like when he asked Peter, Peter, who do men say that I am? You know, he, he knows that men going to boast in men. But then he said, well, Peter, who do you say that I am? He wanted to see who Peter was going to boast in. He wanted to know if Peter going to say, well, my dad, who's been my fishing father for years. You know, remember when Peter was out there repairing his net, his father was with him. And Lord wanted to know, are you boasting in men or are you boasting in me? And and, and, and so he asked this, this question here, and he says that all the, it, it's your choice. It's pretty much your choice. You can either go after the wisdom of this world, the wisdom of men, which is foolishness to God, or you can boast in me. You can boast in what I said I'm going to do. You can boast in 
I've already done, or you can boast in what I promised that I would do. This is why the Lord does the things he does. You know, he wants, he wants us to get this wisdom, this divine wisdom, and know that it's coming from a different source. When God bless you, you can say you blessed. When men bless you, it's suspect. It might stick, it might not. But when God bless you, it ain't just permanent. He don't do something and then take it back. Amen? He doesn't do that. That's not the God we serve. He said all things belong to the believer. So you don't have to put no glory uh, glorify men if everything belongs to you anyway because God created you to give you all things that pertain to life and godliness so you can enjoy it. That's the divine wisdom of God right there. He's telling you, you know, why, why, why are you continuously sinning when I'm telling you you don't have to? You don't have to lie. You don't have to cheat. You don't have to steal. You don't have to manipulate. You don't have to exploit. You don't have to do that. I'm giving you all things. I created this world for you. I gave you dominion. I just didn't give you control and dominion over each other. But everything else, I place it under you, you know. The whole world, I created for you. I gave it to you, you know. I love you so much that I did that for you. Everything that pertains to life and God, that you may enjoy it. And still today, this knowledge is just too high for people. They just don't understand it. They just don't comprehend it. That's why he said, when you get wisdom about me, get some understanding. That helps you to understand me. Amen. And he goes on to say here, man, uh, you know, all things belong to the believer. God gives, even especially his minister, you know, he gives men to us after his own heart to teach us, to help us. Amen. Not Listen to me. You know, I, I know this to be a fact. I know that there are people have problems with my, my, with my delivery style. They have problems with my leadership style. I know that there are people on this, even on this line, that hear me, hear me all the time, every day. I know they have problems sometimes when I correct them and I point out those details. You know, as I'm correcting you, I'm also doing a self check for myself. I'm paying attention to details because here's the deal. Get this distinction. I'm not on here because I want you to like me. That's not what I'm teaching and preaching for. I'm doing what I'm doing because I want to be heard by God. That's why I pay attention to the details, because I want to be heard by him. Because if I'm heard by him, I get the answers from him that you can't give me. And that's why I do it. It's because he said to Jeremiah in, book, in the book of Jeremiah, first chapter, verse 12, put me in remembrance of my word. Then he asked Jeremiah a couple of questions. Jeremiah, tell me what you see. So when you look into the perfect law of liberty, like the book of James says in the first chapter, and continue therein, you got to tell God what you see. And if you leave stuff out, you're telling God, I don't really see God what you're saying. And so you might misquote something and remember to him. And that's why I pay attention to the details, because I want to be heard by God. You know, I don't want to just be heard by you. It goes above you. I want to be heard by him. So I'm not on here for personality contests, for people that like the way I teach, the way I preach, or what I say. I pay attention to details because it's God's word, and I'm trying to cut it straight, and I'm trying to teach people how to cut it straight. It's important that we not overlook the details. We have no authority to add to his wisdom or to take from his wisdom. It's there for a reason. It's not about you liking me. I hear people sometimes when I come on to talk, doom, 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 they're getting off because they don't want to hear it because it's probably boring. They don't like to be corrected. They don't like you to point out anything. But the way I teach it, it's totally different than the way you learn it. Amen. And so it's not about life, okay? It's about being heard by God, and that's why I do it. So please understand that. I'm cutting it straight, self-checking myself as I do it. So when I correct you, I'm actually correcting myself because I want to be that kind of leader, God, where details are important to me because they're important to you. He asked Jeremiah, Jeremiah, tell me what you see. And when Jeremiah looked in that word, 
God wanted to know what did he see in that word. When we look in the word, God want to know what we see, and then we put him in remembrance of that. We don't just throw anything against the wall and think God understands or think everybody out there understands what we're trying to say. No, it's written that way, book, chapter, and verse. And there is a particular translation that you're reading out of. That's important. That God hear you taking the time to pay attention to those details. That is the wisdom of God. That is the wisdom of God. Not the wisdom of men that we glory in what we say. We glory in repeating what he said. And we pay attention to the details. That's why we do it. We want to be heard by God. That we took the time to get it right, to do it right. Every little detail, every little tittle, every little tittle of that word, you know. And so we go on here and he says that, you know, God gives ministers to men. That's what he's saying right there, that everything is yours. I've given you men. I've given you pastors after my own heart. Verse 22, he says, whether Paul or Paulos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. So God gives the world, the life, the conquest of death to men. We control our destiny. We control where we end up at. doesn't matter where you started, but it does matter a lot how you end. Only what we do for the Lord is what's going to count in the end. Our whole duty, according to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, I want to say the last verses, uh, says that, you know, we have to fear God and keep his commandments. Fear God and keep his commandments. You know, we don't get to change them to fit into our way of doing things. Uh, verse 23, he says, and ye are Christ's, and Christ is God. Believers belong to him, not to ourselves, not to each other. And Christ belongs to God. Amen. And so this is all about, uh, you know, the wisdom of God, not our wisdom, not trying to take God's wisdom and make it fit into what we're trying to do. Amen. Wisdom is, uh, you know, the wisdom of God is the ability to discern between what is right and what is wrong. We saw that with Solomon. That's just, that's just one aspect of it. Let's take a look at that. It's over in the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 25. Amen. Let me just plug this before I read this scripture. America right now is like a great big old house that's divided against itself. And we need to understand as we go to this particular scripture reference that without the wisdom of God right now, and we're depending more on the wisdom of men, we're trying to get the sciences, we're trying to get the, the school superintendents because they want to try to open schools up too early. We're trying to get the politicians on board. We're trying to get the law enforcement on board. We're trying to get the governors and the mayors. We're trying to get all these entities moving in, the, in one direction. But right now, and we're trying to bring the clergy along too, and the clergy need to be bringing everybody else along, but we're silent right now. You don't hear the clergy right now. They're not a voice right now. And so that means that this great big old house called America, I even say this great big house called the world we live in, is divided against itself. And this particular passage of Scripture, there's several verses there that talks about what happens when a house is divided against itself. It will fall, you know, it will fall, amen, if it's divided against itself. And everybody in it, amen, will fall with it. And so that's why we need to, uh, as we talked about the other day, those two paths in life, one where we live by wisdom and the other where we live by our own understanding. You know, we talked about that Monday. And so we need to make a decision. Which way am I going to go? Which path am I going to choose? God's divine wisdom instructs us which direction to go in. And let's see this right here in this, in this particular uh, verse. And we want to understand it is the ability to discern between right and wrong. And it says here in the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 25, the King James Bible. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, 
Every kingdom divided against itself is brought into desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. This is why America is struggling right now. It's divided against itself. You know, there's so much competition, so much division, and we're continuously being divided more and more by the present and current leadership. But listen at what Jesus told his disciples. You can read the rest of the verse in that chapter, and it'll enlighten you even more. But I just wanted to highlight that verse right there. And we have to use that right there to decide between what is right and what is wrong with this system we're in right now called government. And this is a world problem. Amen. Then we go on down into the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 54. Still arguing this argument by the, by the scriptures, being enlightened and being informed and getting some understanding here. Listen at what Jesus is further teaching here in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 54, the King James Bible. He says, and when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and said, whence have this man this wisdom and these mighty works? I'm telling you, preachers, we need to get back in our pulpit when the doors open, and we need to begin to highlight, amplify, and talk about the work that Jesus can do, not what your politicians can do, not what your black lives, white lives movements can do, not about your campaigns, but talk about what Jesus did. Get in the synagogue like he went in the synagogue and begin to open up the book and preach to people about the wisdom of God so that they'll be able to discern between what is right and what is wrong, and they'll be able to make well-informed decisions the next time the church doors close and people don't know where to go and what to do and who to turn to. So let's do that just like Jesus. Let's follow his example. Let's be imitators of him. He went in and taught the Father's kingdom. He taught the principles. He taught the laws. He taught the, the, the ordinances of his Father's kingdom because he knew that the problem was not just physical. It was not just flesh and blood. They were up against spiritual giants. They were up against spiritual wickedness in high places. They were up against corruption. They were up against the same thing that we're up against today. And we need the divine wisdom of God. We need the infinite wisdom of God. We need to be reminded of what Jesus can do, the works that he did. He said, you shall do, and greater works than these shall you do. You know. And then he goes on to say in the book of Mark, chapter 6, verse 2, continuing his argument, he says, And when the Sabbath day was come, amen, he began to teach, there it is again, in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished. It's time for some people to be astonished because they're hearing the gospel saying, From whence have this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him? God wants to give us his wisdom if we're asked for it, but in our getting we need to get understanding. That even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. See, they didn't have understanding. The wisdom was right there. Jesus is the wisdom of God, the incarnated word made flesh. And when the word is working, this is the kind of thing that the word does. Jesus is the living word of God. Look at the work that the word of God is doing. And they're astonished. They're amazed. They're hearing it, you know, but they're not getting faith from it. They're getting questions from it. They're getting doubts from it. They're trying to figure out who is he. This is why you have to ask God for understanding, because when he starts to do something, move sometimes, it don't make sense. Remember, the foolishness of the world, the foolishness of man is foolishness to God. But he'll take it and make wise people wiser. Okay, but you got to stop looking at God and doubting God. you got to start believing God and believing. He said, you don't believe me for what I'm saying and what I'm teaching. Believe me for the work's sake. Believe me for the work that I'm doing. They didn't do either. They liked the wisdom to believe in, even while he was working miracles right before them. And there's a lot of people out there right now. They'll say, oh, I'm so lucky. You know, oh, God put them people there to help me. But they never give God the praise. 
And that's what he means about glorying in men. God is the blesser. God is the one that heals. God is the one that delivers. God owns this whole world and they that dwell in it. Everything belongs to God. The cattle of a thousand hills is here. But we need to be able to discern between what is right and what is wrong. We need to be able to choose the right path. We need to be able to direct our glory to him all the time in every situation, circumstance, especially if we are saved. If nobody else is praised, nobody else is glory. In the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 40, he says this, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with the wisdom and the grace of God, was upon him. Talking about Jesus, even when he was 12 years old and Joseph and Mary missed him, look at where Jesus was at. He was found there in the temple, in the synagogue, sitting under those great scholars, those great teachers, and guess what he was doing? He was learning. And even in learning, they discovered that God's son already had an element of wisdom in him. He was actually teaching them as he was being taught. I'm talking to somebody right now. If you were saved, and you feel with the Holy Ghost. You have the ability in you right now, even as you're being taught, you can teach. But you got to start teaching yourself before you try to teach others. And you can't teach until you learn something. There's nothing for you to teach. You got to learn something first, you know. And then let the Holy Ghost quicken what you learn at that appointed time. He'll bring it back to your remembrance, you know. But you can't go out and think you know something that you don't. That's why we target immature Christians who think they know something, but they really don't know because they have not took the time to study to show themselves approved unto God as a workman who needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, cutting it straight. Amen. Cutting it straight. Cutting it like your tears, as we say. And so let's go a little further right here in the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 47. And these verses here is all about Jesus, okay, when he was a young 12-year-old missing, letting you know where he was at. This was his custom. This was his habit. We need to adopt some of these customs and some of these habits and pattern them after Jesus. You know, I believe that that's when a release of God's wisdom will come upon us because he sees us imitating his son. He sees the Christ-likeness in us. He sees the hunger and the thirst wanting to be more like him, not more like men, not more like other people, movie stars and basketball players and all that stuff, boxers and, and all those people, but wanting to be more like him. He's the greatest. He's the greatest leader there ever was. And God wants us to pattern everything after him. That's a wise move. That's a smart decision for anybody out there. That's why I love Hannah for joining and dedicating Samuel back to God to the service of the Lord. In other words, you've got children and grandchildren. You haven't dedicated them. Turn them over to the Lord. Dedicate them to God. He knows what to do with them. He knows what to do with them. The same way he did Jesus. Gave him wisdom. He wanted to give our children wisdom. And some of our children do have a lot of wisdom. They have more wisdom than us. And when you look in the book of Luke, chapter 11, verse 26, the Lord said, it is the children of this age that are more wiser than the children of life. That's true in a lot of cases. You know, the scriptures don't lie. And when Jesus says a thing, you take it to the bank, because that's the truth. Now, there's that's the fact, but that's the truth. That's the wisdom of God. So let's pay attention. He goes on here to say in the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 47, the King James Bible, he says, and all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answered. His understanding and answers. His understanding and answers. That's the key right there. That's why you got to get understanding. And you can give a good answer. Okay, you ask God for wisdom, get understanding. The result of that is your answers are always well informed based on what God said, what you understood. That's why he said, Jeremiah, tell me what you speak. Before Jeremiah could speak, God wanted to know what he saw. Before we speak sometimes, God wanted to know what we saw when we look in the presence of all different. You can't glance in there only when there's a crisis. 
you got to spend time in there as James admonished them. He said, any man that looks into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein shall have success, good success, not just success, good success, you know. And then he goes on here to say in the uh, book of John, chapter 8, verse 14, and we're still talking about the ability to discern between right and wrong. And we can look at Jesus right there as a good example. In the book of John, chapter 8, verse 14, he says this, Jesus, notice now a lot of these references about Jesus, who God had given wisdom at a young age. It says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whether I go. But ye cannot tell whence I come and whether I go. You can't do it without the wisdom of God. You can't do it without looking in the perfect law of liberty and learning about him and teaching about him. You know, and studying about him. That's why he said, Peter, who do men say that I am? He wasn't going to give them no wisdom until they knew who he was. And then now, Peter, who do you say that I am? I'm not going to give you no wisdom until you figure out who I am, Peter. Have I not been long with you and you don't still don't know who I am? I am the incarnated word of God dwelling among you, full of grace, full of truth. You, know, you ain't going to believe me for what I'm teaching. You believe me for the signs and the demonstration that you've already seen me perform. You know. And then he goes on to say in the book of First Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 24, the first book of Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 24, the King James Bible, he says, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. I hope the ministers and the preachers out there that are on this podcast are listening to me. But those that are called, you can't be called and not operate in the wisdom of God. And it's infinite wisdom divine wisdom. I see nobody in the Bible that God used to do anything outside of the wisdom of God. You know, he gave it to them just like he gave it to Jesus. Jesus gave it to all that are called. Let me read that scripture again. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 24 the King James Bible. You can't create your own righteousness. You can't create your own wisdom. You can't take from it. You can't add to it and think it's going to work. That means you don't understand and that means that guess what? The results are probably not going to probably going to end in tragedy. But he says this, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, okay, that means the first it was preached to the Jews, then to the Greeks, meaning the Gentiles, that's the category we fall in, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. That's how we got to preach it and teach it. It's not the wisdom of Pastor Lester, Pastor Sharon, Pastor Eric, Pastor Stephen, Minister Smith, and Minister Bigger, or no man. You know, we have pastors, not that they're with. If they're not giving us the wisdom of God, it's not going to do us any good. You know, listen to what he says. This is what we should be preaching or basing our preaching on. Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Okay? Then he goes on in the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 3. It says, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's in Christ Jesus. Learn as much as you can about him. That'll help alleviate the struggle, the, the, the lack of understanding. If we learn about him, God has put all of his wisdom in him. Jesus is the wisdom of the Father. And the knowledge of him just adds more to it, adds more volume to that wisdom, you know. And as you begin to learn about him, God will go ahead and pour some more divine wisdom because he said, ears have not heard, eyes have not seen, nor has it entered into the heart of man to think that God was open to those who love him. You know, you can't love him without loving his son Jesus, you know. And so he goes on here now and he talks about, you know, the wisdom of God, which, which is what we're at now, this transition. So let's look at the wisdom of God. We talked about the divine wisdom of God. Let's look in the book of Romans, chapter 11, verse 33 of the King James Bible. And it says this, all the depth of the riches, both of it, the wisdom and knowledge of God, how un- 
unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out, you know, past finding out, you know. God will reveal to us. We don't have to struggle. He said, any man like wisdom, let him ask God who gives it to him liberally, but in all I get and get understanding. Because it, it, it's so, it's so, it's so infinite, okay? Joe, I mean, David figured that out. David said, Lord, this, this knowledge is just too high for me. You know, it was infinite wisdom, you know. And you need the help of God through the word of God to teach you about it, to learn about it, amen, that God can continue to reveal his wisdom to you. Not everybody. Some people say, well, I got the wisdom of God. Oh, you do? Amen. But you're still struggling with the ABCs of, of this walk. You know? And so and so God says, look, it, it, it's no finding out, but you have to ask God. You can't go out here, man, and buy so-and-so's book and that book and this book and that book. You lack wisdom? Ask God who gives it to you liberally. You don't have to go out here and beat yourself up. Ask God who gives it to you liberally, and he'll point you to the word. Just like I'm doing right now. I went back after Pastor Eric taught that message the other day, and I got into the wisdom of God, but I love the wisdom of God. I understand the wisdom of God. And I've been stuck in it now for the last couple of days. This is what this is how this message here is coming to you. Because I want to make sure that we understand the wisdom, the real wisdom of God. And we understand the understanding of the wisdom. That we may understand the application of the wisdom. You know, not just a, a talking point. So let's go a little further in the book of Romans, chapter 16, verse 27, the King James Bible. It says, to God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Eliminating any glory for men. I don't care how smart Einstein was. I don't care how smart fraud was. I don't care how smart your favorite professor. I don't care what they taught you in college. I don't care how much recognition people get on them, Nobel Prizes and all of that. He said, God is the only wise God I say. He created, I think he's pretty wise if he created this whole world and universe. Amen. I think he's pretty wise if he knows our thoughts so far. He knows everything about us. I getting up, I laying down, I going out, I coming in. So it's always good to go back to the rich author finisher who created all of this. Get his wisdom on it. Get his understanding of why he created the way he did. You know, and then we can apply it to our lives. Amen. Goes on to say in the first book of Corinthians, chapter one, verse twenty five, which we read earlier, it says because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. He wants us to remember that. That's why he just said all of the before stuff he told us about the wisdom of God. It comes down to this right here. In other words, we have to view the wisdom of men just like God does. He calls it foolishness. We should call it foolishness. You shouldn't second guess it. If you need wisdom, ask God who gives it liberally. And then ask him for understanding. And so we're talking about true wisdom here. We're not talking about just people saying wisdom. But we were talking about true wisdom, that ability to discern between what is right and what is wrong, as we saw uh, with Solomon in the first book of Kings, you know, over there in chapter 3, you know. And then he goes on to say here about true wisdom in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 24, the King James Bible. He says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, now that's the true part of wisdom, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. This is Jesus again, man. Look at what Jesus is saying. This is how I'm going to measure your wisdom, okay? This is how I'm going to measure it. You know, what you build on. Will it stand? Will it stand up against a storm? It goes on in the first book of Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 8, and he says this about true wisdom. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. And so God says we perish for lack of knowledge, but look at what he said. The same Spirit that gives you wisdom gives you knowledge. The same Spirit gives you understanding. The same spirit will help work that word out in you or work it through you. Same spirit that gives us knowledge, gives us wisdom. 
And I'm praying that God give us the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of knowledge that we may be enlightened, that we may be able to discern between what is right and wrong, that we can make well-informed decisions as we go forward. Uh, it goes on in the book of Second Timothy, chapter 3, verse 15, King James Bible, he says this, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Great lesson Paul is teaching Paul, teaching Timothy here. Great advice he's giving him. Great lesson. Great teaching right here. And this is why we teach you all the word of God without compromising love. Best thing we can do for you is to teach. Now, how you learn, that's up to you. And I'm not teaching to be liked. I'm teaching for God to hear me teaching. So he'll honor his word in your life. And he goes on to say in the book of James, chapter 3, verse 17, it says, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then is peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. My God, I love it, man. Look at what James, Jesus had brothers saying here. That's powerful right there, y'all. This is the wisdom from above. It's first pure. And you hear me say a lot of times, the pure of the doctrine, the pure of the teaching, guess what? The pure of the outcome, the pure of the fruit, the pure of the work, the pure of the result, you know. And so Pastor Sharon said, start with the word, go through with the word, you end up with what the word promises, you know. Nothing added to it. And he goes on to say in the first book of John, chapter 2, verse 20, it says, But ye have an, un, uh, an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. See, the wisdom of God addresses all things. He has given wisdom pertaining to life and godliness that we may enjoy it. That's what Solomon, I didn't understand about Solomon. He knew all this wisdom, wrote all these books, but he, it ended up he did not apply any of it to his life. What good does it do us to know and not do? You know, you know, a lot of people know the word, but they're not living the word. They're unwilling to cooperate with the word. They're unwilling to obey the word. They want to go about creating their own way, trying to take God's word and fit it into their mess instead of them trying to fit and live up and come into to his way of doing things. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33, it says, hey, King James Bible, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God will add all these things to you. It's wise to do things the way God do things, you know, as you want to get the right result. And then there's wisdom that's gained through prayer. And I love this. I love this, this, this creating a prayer culture for God. I love what we did last night on the hour of our prayer. I love that prayer is a part of what we do, a big part of what we do, because Jesus said in the book of Second Chronicles, Chapter 7, verse 14, that my people that are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He said, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. You know, that's on us. Men ought always pray and not faint. You know, when men began to call on the Lord, we saw that in Genesis, back in Genesis, the fourth chapter, when things were going so bad, that was the first time men began to call on the Lord in every generation since then. There have been some prayer wars and intercessors calling on the name of the Lord. You just can't live through this life. It's wise to pray. It's wise to put God in remembrance of what he said. It's wise to study the word of the Lord that we can rightly divide and credit straight when we talk to the Lord and put him in remembrance. It tells God what we see when we look in the word. And see right here what he's talking about now. Wisdom that's gained through prayer. I'm gaining some wisdom right now by, by, by teaching this and by ending this in prayer when I finish. It says here in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 17, the King James Bible, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, 
may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. I receive that, Lord, not only for me, but I pray and declare that for everyone on this line this morning here for prayer. And revelation in the knowledge of him. God, I pray that there come a revealing right now as we're teaching this word, getting ready to pray unto you, God, that even right now you would enlighten, give them understanding and give them revelation knowledge that they may be able to make well-informed decisions going forward in this crisis moment that we're living in with coronavirus and Black Lives Matter racism and cruelty and all kinds of other uh, 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 abuses that are being held on your people out there. We need to be able, God, to make those decisions based on the wisdom of God. And he goes on to say in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 9 of the King James Bible, this is it, the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 9 of the King James Bible. Now, we're talking about wisdom that's gained through prayer. Thank God that you were on this great prayer across the line this morning. Thank God that you were on last night, our power prayer. Thank God that you incorporate the word when you're praying to God. Couldn't even remember what he said to get the best result. Here it is right here in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 9 of the King James Bible. He says, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's what it comes down to. This theme is constantly being repeated in every scripture that I have gone over so far. So God is obviously, his wisdom is important, and understanding his wisdom, how to apply it, is important to God. This ain't just something we decided to do. This is very important to your walk, to your life, how you live. And he goes on to say in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 5, the King James Bible, we heard this scripture here many times before. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth the not, and it shall be given you. When he say liberally, it means it's got to cover the span of your life from the beginning to the end and throughout, inside and out, liberally, more than the world could ever give you more than enough, running over, spilling over, that you never have to look outside of the counsel of God's word for any answer to life. It's all contained right there, but you got to look in that perfect law of liberty. you got to continue therein that God might make you wise to the things of God. And remember, we're talking about the ability to discern between what is right and what is wrong. And not only that, you know, there's so much more that comes from the wisdom of God, amen, and amen. We talked about true wisdom. You know, we talked about wisdom that's gained through prayer. We're talking about wisdom that God promised us. Let's take a look at that in the book of Luke, chapter 21, verse 15 of the King James Bible. It says, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. That's important. We, got, we need that. We got enemies. You know how to deal with them, how to talk to them, how to tell them where to get off at, where to go. Look at what he said he's going to give us. He promised it. Again, the book of James, chapter 1, verse 5, he tells you right there again, he said, if any man like wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to men liberally and upbraid it not. I mean, God ain't going to hold it back because he knows you got to win. You got you in a battle. You know you got to conquer things. You know, he knows you got to endure things. So he's going to give it to you. And then we're looking for the wisdom. A lot of us are searching for wisdom. I know I am. That's why I, 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 I spent some time after Pastor Eric talked that lesson the other morning. I began to search for wisdom. And in the book of Luke, chapter 11, verse 31, listen to what it says in the King James Bible. It says, The queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them, for she came from the uttermost parts 
of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Now, we know Queen Sheba came, bought him gifts, mothered him with gifts. But what God is saying here, the greater of, 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 of all of this is here. He's talking about the queen of wisdom. He's talking, wisdom is, is understood to be like a, a, a lady, lady wisdom. That's what he's talking about. She came and she got more than what she bargained for. When you come to God seeking after his wisdom, you really get more than you're bargaining for. It's more there than just meets the eye. She came and she saw how great the temple that Solomon had built. She saw how much wealth he had accumulated. She saw how many wives he had. She saw all the, 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 the domestic animals he had, the camels, the horses. She saw she saw all of that greatness. And she knew this was associated to a man of wisdom. He could build things with his hands. He could have things built. He could order people to build things. But it didn't apply to his life. It was vanity on vanity, you know, because the wisdom was there, but he didn't take advantage of it. The wisdom is here, y'all, and we have to take advantage of it. In this generation, as you see right here, he says there's one that's greater than the president right now. It's one that's greater than these mega ministry spiritual giants out here right now that have accumulated great wealth, you know, have built great big churches and multiple churches and big congregations. But look at what he's saying. There's one here now while the doors are being shut you still have access to this wisdom, one that's greater than any of that that man can build, any of that that man can accumulate. It's the wisdom of God. That's what's here in this generation. That's being uh, left idle, that's not being taught or heard of or passed on to the people. And we're wondering why our people are struggling. They're members of these mega churches, but they're struggling outside of the church. They can't get to the church now. And we've left them, man, abandoned because they don't have the wisdom to be able to discern between what is right and what is wrong. But he said there's one right here, these 66 books, what Jesus said over and over here, you know, wisdom to be able to discern between what is right and what is wrong. We have it right here available to us, greater than any amount of material, whatever, greater than any amount of money, greater than, than any man on this earth, any athlete, any star, any rapper that can come out and give you all this entertainment, greater than any of that. And that's good. That's good, people. That make them feel good. That somebody's interested in them. You got millionaires giving all kind of money right now to address these problems. That's good. That's what they should do with much is given, much is required. But he said there's one greater than that in your midst, and it is the wisdom of God that he wants every individual. If Jesus can be in the temple learning at 12 years old so that later on he would have the word of God readily available when he went through his greatest test in the wilderness to get to that temple so he could open the book, and read in the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse 18, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. And it behooves us, man, to take advantage of this perfect law of liberty. God has given us the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding, and he wants us to embrace it. He wants preachers to teach it. He wants men and women to live by it. That's what he's saying right there. Not hypocrisy. Not hypocrisy. You know, he's given us. He says, search for it. It's available to you. You know, here's some examples, and I'm going to close after this, this verse right here. It says the wisdom of God, and he's given us the example. Let's look in the book of Acts, chapter 6, verse 10. Here's an example. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. When you start speaking the wisdom of God, as Paul and them learned in the, in the church in Acts, nobody hearing it is going to be able to resist it. That's what you've got to know. It's God's wisdom. He's responsible for it. When you put him in remembrance of it, nobody could resist it. Nobody can resist it. And 
So you want to build your case, build your argument on the wisdom of God. Father, as we come to this juncture right now, God, we did what you told us to do. It's not about us being liked by those who hear us, not even getting the approval, not even the comments, Lord God, resonate to the fact that you heard us putting you in remembrance of your word. Because you told us, God, that if any man look into the perfect law of liberty and attain therein, you said we should have good success. And we thank you and we praise you right now, God. You said if any man likes wisdom, let him ask you who gives it liberty. And you'll give us wisdom and understanding that we may be able to apply it to our lives. So, Father, we're praying this morning in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of your Son, Jesus, that you would give everyone that's on this line this morning, everyone that's out on our podcast, give them the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of knowledge and revelation and understanding of who Jesus Christ is, that we might imitate him, that we might take heed to his teaching, his commandments, and do those things that are wise and pleasing in your sight. Father, we thank and praise you right now, Lord. You said the foolishness of the wisdom of men, it is foolishness to you, God. And it should be foolishness to us, God. But you said, oh God, even with that, you would take that foolishness and make us even more wiser than what we are right now. Father, we just lift up all of the challenges, problems that we see taking place in our country right now. But people are glorying in men. They're trying to pick their favorite politician against the unfavorable politician. They're doing all of these things that's based on the wisdom of this world and the wisdom of man to solve this problem that is bigger and higher. But God, in our midst, we have wisdom. You have given us wisdom. You said right in your midst, as people are coming, great minds are coming to talk about diagnose this problem that we have. Books are being written, God, and they're full of wisdom. They're full of experiential wisdom. They're full of things that people have learned through the struggle, oh God, in this historical moment that we're in. But God, you said there is one, Lord God, that we have not tapped in. This great resource, God, that we have, which is your word, which is your word, which is your divine inspiration, which is your inspired word to enlighten us, to teach us. Lord God, and you said if we lack any understanding, any knowledge, just ask you and you'll give it to us. And don't leave until we get that understanding because it leads to how we apply it to our lives. And so, Father, we thank you this morning and we praise you this morning that we're not able to better discern between what is right and what is wrong. And so we give you praise. We give you glory this morning. We're just praying, Lord, that this word has gone out today over the airwaves, God, over the radio waves, that even right now is falling on good ground. It's falling, Lord God. Opening up deaf ears right now. Opening eyes that have been blinded right now by the wisdom of men, by the tradition of men. Well, I'm praying in the name of Jesus that right now, Holy Ghost, you're beginning to demonstrate by the Spirit and power of God in places right now that this word has not been heard before, not been understood before, not been received before. But I'm praying right now that you're quickening somebody's mind, quickening somebody's spirit right now. And they're becoming wise right now because they have heard the word of God. They've heard the wisdom of God. And they're able now, Lord God, to be able to discern because they understand your word. They understand what you're saying. They understand the teaching. They understand the knowledge. They understand, Lord God, what you're requiring, Lord God. Us to be wise and serpent, Lord God. And we need your word, God. As we look in your law, God, you want to know what we see. You want to know what we hear. You want to know what we've learned. You want to know, God, what we're going to put you in remembrance of, that you can watch over and perform it long as it's your word, God. And we give it back to you. We've given it back to you this morning. Chapter, book, verse. And so, Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the wisdom of God this morning. Thank you for teaching and instructing us this morning. And we're praying that even now, those on Capitol Hill, those in the White House, those in every other house, in the government, 
in every other system, or the dynasty that uh, the education system, the religious system, uh, the governmental system, the financial institution. God, we're praying right now in the name of you that some kind of way the wisdom of God will infiltrate those places, God. And that the counsel of your word will begin to resonate and kick in, God, and instruct them, God. We're praying in the name of you that this word will go out and fall on good ground and never return forward. We're praying that right now, God, you open up a way, God, that they can get the counsel of your word, that they can make well-informed decisions on how they govern the affairs of your people. Without God, we cannot govern humanity without the counsel of your word. So we ask you to direct our thoughts. We're going to let every thought out there right now in leadership, in clergy, or in churches, God, wherever there may be leadership structure. God, we're praying right now in the name of Jesus that your will be done in these places as it is in heaven. Let your desires be our desire. Let your your word, O oh God, be our words, O oh God. Let our thoughts come in agreement and line up with your will today, God, I pray. And forgive us of our sins as a nation and heal us, O oh God, in our land, God. The sickness that are out there right now, the hatred, the murdering, oh God, the lying, the cheating, God, the manipulating, the exploitation, the taking advantage of, the abuses, oh God. So, Father, we're praying right now in the name of Jesus for healing for this coronavirus, for breakthroughs in science, and, and the scientists are coming up with a, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a vaccine, oh God, that can, that can block this thing out, God. But you've got the power, oh God, because you sent your word to heal our disease and rescue it from all destruction. And so we look to you this morning, God, for the counsel of your word. Let the words not by our mouth and the meditation of our heart be accepted in your sight, O oh Lord, our firm and the rock in our redeemed. We thank you this morning that we are the redeemed of the Lord, and we say so this morning that we've been redeemed from the curse of every law out here, God. And we thank you for the one who hung on that tree, God. Oh, that became sin for God, that even right now the lost might be saved. Even right now the backsliders may have a chance to reunite, reunite with you. Even right now, Lord, the prodigal sons and daughters can come back to their first love. Even right now you made the way, you left it open. All they've got to do is repent and return back to you. We thank you this morning for the immature, maturing this morning because they heard the wisdom of God. We thank you this morning, Lord God, for the mature, even becoming more wiser right now, God. they heard what they don't know, and they heard what they need to know. So, Father, we give you praise, Lord, and help us continue to learn and grow. If not, Father, we die uninformed. And so, Father, we thank and praise you right now in Jesus' name for this word. 